Welcome to the A24 on the Rocks. My name is Cole William Whitlaw Gibson. I am drinking a nice Japanese whiskey tonight. And to my left, we have... Hey, what's up, guys? It's Blaze Fitzgerald Ryan the first. Uh, I'm finishing off the Bullet Bourbon from last week. Yeah, keeping it classic. Next up, we got... Hey, what's up, guys? It's Eric William Whitlaw Fitzgerald Kiska the first. <laughs> I'm drinking That's the Elixir true. of Life water. Identity theft isn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> up next, we have... Hey everyone, it's Kelly. I'm drinking Cherry Coke tonight. Beautiful. Good evening world, this is Kevin K. Conachek, and tonight I'm drinking a glass of Carl T. Huber's signature Indiana Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is a farm-to-bottle batch. Its ingredients were all grown right on the distillery site. And tonight we have a guest joining us. What's up, everybody? It is Luke, Robert, Patton, Oswald, Londo, and I am drinking a Lake Superior Highball with a little bit of lime. <laughs> Thank you for all, everyone, for joining us. Luke, as the esteemed guest of the evening, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with A24, or you know, what do you like about it, or if you're new, or or give us a little spiel, buddy. Yeah, just uh, I feel like everybody. I am a movie fan, and uh, being friends with Kiska, I get exposed to a lot of really interesting movies, and luckily uh, have a similarly warped sense of humor and preference. So. Mm-hmm. Get along super well. Uh, A24, I think, is the movie studio that I accidentally realized was probably one of my favorites. I never really like went through their entire filmography until I heard about this podcast. And as I was going through, I realized I loved pretty much every single one of those movies and this one in particular. So excited to be joining you guys today. We're, we're very pleased to have you with us. Um, and we can uh, jump into the movie. So The Spectacular Now is a uh, kind of like a coming-to-age film, similar to like Ginger and Rosa, but it features a male protagonist and a female protagonist, uh, Miles Teller and Shane Lee Woodley. Shane Woodley. Uh, they're both in high school, allegedly. Uh, from their ages in real life, I don't really believe it. <laughs> but they are 17 and 18, uh, and Miles Teller plays the uh, typical party boy, uh, lost in life type thing, and... Uh, Shane Woodley plays Amy, who is a kind of like a book nerd type uh, person that has manga. her life. Manga nerd. Yeah, she loves manga. I wrote it. I wrote really big on my notepad anime. So, which <laughs> is a quick yeah. aside, that's the worst way to spell Amy. I watch these movies with subtitles on, yeah. and it is just terrible. I hate A-I-M-E. Yes. I, have a, I have a very strong feeling about this. I knew a girl in college that spelled her name that way, and it absolutely drove me crazy. So, Amy, if you like listen to the podcast, just know that your name is still fucked up, but I will never forgive you. But uh, we could go around the horn and, uh, you know, everyone can kind of give like a brief view of uh, what they thought about the like initial parts of the movie and like the main characters, Miles Teller and Shane Woodley. Uh, we could start with Blaze, my boy. Yeah, um, my immediate reaction was that I really liked uh, Miles' character. His name is uh, Sutter in the film. Sutter. <laughs> Sutter, yeah. And uh, he's kind of like the goofball of his uh, small town. i I kept telling my girlfriend, I watched it with my girlfriend, I, I keep thinking it's, it takes place in Florida, but I can't, like, confirm or deny that. 
I um, think it's Georgia, but it might Georgia, be the Florida uh, Georgia yeah, one. It's a southern state. There's <laughs> naturally, uh, of course. <laughs> just, just you know, he he lives in the now because he does not uh, expect great things for himself, and he happens upon this girl named Amy, and she is someone who has big ambitions. She's very smart. She's um, kind of I wouldn't call her an outcast, but she's definitely not within the in crowd that uh, Sutter is in. So uh, their dynamics of how they work together, it's very interesting, especially at first. But I really think, compared to literally every other movie we watched so far, the, the character development um, and the way that they take time to let these characters breathe is a real refresher and really uh, an A24 vibe for me. So my initial vibe was the characters in this film are people. And that's what I really liked about um, a bit my different than the Lion though. King. There's humans. Hey Blaze, did you uh, did you really did you like your connection with Miles Teller character really start when he just immediately <laughs> is just drinking a PBR sitting at his computer, <laughs> just like right off the back within the first like thirty seconds? Well, <laughs> I, it's kind of funny because I kind of did my uh, college uh, entrance exam the exact same, or the uh, you know the college entrance essay the exact same way. I was in my grandma's basement <laughs> sipping on a PBR, and <laughs> but unlike him, I finished mine yeah. before it was due, so it was uh, uh, very relatable, though. Uh, Kelly, what did you think? Especially, I, I'm interested to see your opinion from like the graphic design thing because I noticed that the movie seemed to have like. All these placements for ads, but all of them were just knockoffs in that. It seemed like they got no ad presence whatsoever. <laughs> but no, I was I interested to see what you thought. I didn't even really notice that, to be honest. Yeah, the PBR was fake. It wasn't real PBR. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I said too. the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but well, what do you think, Kelly? What do you think about the film? Intro and everything uh, was very just like, uh, like the music was quite cheesy high school drama that I felt like we were about to get into. I'm always not a huge fan of... It's like a self-narration thing. Yeah, self-narration. I'm not a huge fan of that always, so I didn't know going into it. I didn't have high expectations immediately, but it goes outside of that pretty quickly. But at first glance, I was like, all right, we'll see how this goes and where we're headed. What about you, Luke? What's your uh, general thoughts about this film or any? I really like it, and I think one of my favorite parts of this film in general is the the time period in which it happened. So uh, a bit of a uh, a sequel for Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley, uh, last movie, or I'm sorry, and Brie Larson, a movie that Brie did before was 21 Jump Street, where she paid a drunk high school student. And then we had Miles Teller, who was in Project X, who played a drunk college student. Um, unfortunately, the next film that Shailene Woodley did was Fault in Our Stars, so it does not get better for her. But I really uh, <laughs> I enjoyed the movie a lot, and I, I think it actually shows the range that Miles and Shailene had. I think prior to this, they really didn't have a whole lot going on, and I think this is the first like really, really good, serious role for both of them. Uh, and I, what I love about A24 films in general is they have a... There's like a classic formula for like these teen coming of age movies it's you know sad boy finds girl gets better conflict and then reverse conflict and then adequate resolution and i think you like see the seeds sown for that in the first little bit of the movie but unlike a lot of other movies with that formula it doesn't have the happy ending and i think it's a lot more authentic fair enough uh we can uh we'll jump into one thing that i 
kind of had a problem with this movie is I love Miles Teller, but man, he, I mean, he was like 24 in this movie, and this seems to be like uh, part. I think this is definitely in the age where they uh, were using older actors and putting them in high school. Because when this movie first started, I had I thought he was in college already until he showed up at high school. But I did like the Shane Woodley and Miles Teller killed it, and they both were very very good at uh, you know what their people that they portrayed, but. I don't, does anyone have any thoughts on the casting or, or any of the, in particular, maybe a Bob Odenkirk cameo appearance? I thought that was pretty sweet. Yeah, that, only, that automatically jumps up a uh, letter grade for me at the end of this yeah. review, just because Bob Odenkirk. That was, that was really interesting <laughs> to see Bob Odenkirk in there, because this was actually towards the end of Breaking Bad, so he was like a bigger like star at this point. And, I mean, he, he's had years of, uh, you know, like, experience writing, too. Like, I think he wrote for SNL. So, just, like, seeing him take this random, like, uh, role in an indie art house film, coming-of-age film, was really interesting to see. And, I, I mean, his character didn't really make or break the movie. He was just kind of, like, the dad... It, he was, in a way, the dad that uh, uh, Sutter never actually had. I, I think, as a whole, this film was casted extremely well. Uh, all the characters. I mean, yeah, Sutter did look older. Uh, Miles Teller did look older than Sutter actually is, but <laughs> I still think that uh, they were all like, if I had to picture these characters from just reading the script, I, I probably would have casted this similarly. Okay. Hey, speaking, uh, Eric, since you know you took the floor here, how do you think, or what was your professional opinion about uh, their paper route execution? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm a mailman, not a, a newspaper uh -huh. deliverer, but uh, I mean, I guess is is that I, I don't really know much about uh, paper routes in a way, so I, I wouldn't be able to. Well, that's what like. <laughs> oh, Kevin, are you are you a, a paper boy? Yeah. I am an ex. I am an ex paper oh. boy. Uh, yeah, I had a route growing Later, up. You're a paper uh, man. So I never did it from the car, but we definitely used them uh, when it was cold as hell and didn't want to, <laughs> you know, walk the whole does, damn does thing. Does it pay? Any critiques on Miles Teller's form? Oh, yeah. Throwing the newspapers. Uh, <laughs> surrealistic. I actually found it was in. <laughs> I, you know, the commentary on that whole scene actually turns into yes. the whole baseball throw thing and how they ended up turning it about his dad and and all of those in, intuitions and things that happened with that scene. So. That was what I took away from it. Was like, oh, we'll find a way to make a commentary about his father and his lack of relationship with it, while you know breaking into the ice of the romance and that whole thing. What are you guys' thoughts on um, like Miles Teller? Like, I'll start calling him uh, Sutter, which I think is a insane name. The same with Amy and how they spell it. I think the naming in this movie is crazy. What are you guys' thoughts on like Sutter's and uh, Brie Larson or Cassidy's relationship in terms of like? How they progressed throughout the movie. I thought they did a very good, I, good job of like summarizing the intro with their relationship, and then they break up. Uh, but I was fine. Like their inter, their relationship was very interesting. And then like with you throw um, Shane Woodley's character Amy into the mix, it just seemed like uh, I don't know, such a weird dynamic. And I, but I thought they captured it very well. Kelly, do you have any thoughts on uh, like the Brie Larson or the? Amy relationship scenario they got going on? Yeah, I think the intro of the two of them with their relationship was really well done and well executed and kind of immediately, I mean, from what they tell you, plus you're just looking at what's happening and you're like, this isn't built to last. But then he has this whole idea when it comes to this, to Amy, uh, of kind of just like, it's like his friend at the beginning of the movie where it's like, I'm just going to help these people out. I'm, I'm here just to like help them a little bit. Um, and it starts that way with her, and I found it really interesting. The other character that I want to mention that you didn't 
uh, preface right here was his friend who he does help out right at the start, who just becomes yeah. a hater for the rest of the movie of just, <laughs> what are you doing with this Amy girl? And that's his whole entire everything he becomes. I found him really funny. Yeah, he was he was quite comical. Uh, I yeah, him and then uh, I think Crystal would make a very good pairing. They both seem to hate everyone else, but Kevin, go ahead. I thought that the realism of what that relationship felt like to me was incredible. Like uh, from someone who had been in a relationship that he thought was going to be the one when he was in high school, and breaking away from that, and then having to go back to it and back and forth, and just that whole idea of not being able to leave somebody, I thought was incredibly realistic and. Definitely, uh, you know, made for a relatable character. I thought, in general, all of the characters did an incredible job of making me feel right along with them. You know, the highs and the lows, the different parts from the the relationship aspect to the dealing with your relationships at home. Just all of it. I just was really empathetic with the characters in general, um, even some of the, the awkward relationship parts. So just was was an excellent, excellent foray into the character side of things. You know what I thought, like, uh, going off the awkward relationship, I thought they did a very excellent job kind of filming and getting, like, the, I guess, the feeling or the vibe of, like, the, the sex scene with Amy and Sutter. I thought they did, like, a very good job of, like, capturing, like, just, like, the awkwardness and, like, the, you know, asking questions or, like, you know, taking it the next step over and over. I thought they captured, like, a, at least, you know, a very good rendition of someone losing their virginity i don't know if anyone else had a similar experience but it was similar to what i guess my my sexual (laughs) (laughs) exploration i'm waiting for marriage so uh, i'm waiting for marriage so i gotta Mm -hmm. wait for that but oh all right yeah beautiful so yeah i i like mom made a comment when i was when we were all watching it i just said yeah that was a very like awkward scene but like yeah it like I, you know, Amy was losing her virginity mm-hmm. at that point. It captured that very well. Uh, just kind of like the awkwardness, and I, I like how they didn't have any music in it. So it just like actually made you really like think about like the intimate, awkward points of just you know having sex with somebody for the first time. So yeah, I thought it was a really sweet scene too. Like as awkward yeah. as it was, mm-hmm. it was still yeah. like very heartwarming. Like I'm just really happy for these kids. Mm-hmm. See, you know what's weird, though? I, I kind of disagree just because I was against Miles still at that time. I still thought he was using mm-hmm. her. So I thought it went on extra long just so you could, like, extra hate him. Because he was definitely <laughs> wishy-washy. He was still in love with uh, uh, Brie Larson's character. It was definitely... Uh, I, I took it as a, in a different light, a different angle, I guess. But um went on way too long. And uh, not that he coerced her or anything like that, but um, it definitely felt like he had the upper hand um, during the scene. So in that, again, where it's <laughs> the movie breaks off into two separate parts. Uh, interesting tidbit about the sex scene. It was a shot as a one-shotter. So it's like two and a half minutes, mm-hmm. and they just shot the whole yeah. thing all at once. And it was Miles Taylor's and Woodley's uh, first sex scene on film, both of them. So oh. I'm sure, I'm oh. sure that added... Yeah like some realism to like the true awkwardness that they captured in that in that film or in that scene so i thought that was a pretty interesting tidbit about the whole thing Uh, and speaking like with their relationship did anyone else find their like dates a bit odd like i when they uh you know he first asked her to like grab lunch or something that she's like yeah we'll do lunch on monday and then i it turns out that they were just getting lunch at the cafeteria at their school 
Did anyone else do, like, lunch dates when they were in high school? Because that's not something that I used to at all. I never did a lunch date. I just sat at the same table with all my buddies, and we just shot the shit, and, like, yeah, their girlfriends were there, but we didn't go sit in a corner and have a lunch date in high school. Did anyone have... Luke, Luke you seem like a lunch date kind of guy. <laughs> I, you know, I've recently gotten into the art of lunch dates, but nice. uh, unfortunately in high school it was... Honestly, you get like a half hour and it's like grab your tray, grab your food. And by the time you're done eating, the five minute bell hits. So I, uh, yeah, I thought that that was, that was interesting, but I also thought it was going to be like, oh, a lunch date. Like they're going to go out to eat instead of just like sitting and eating shitty cafeteria food. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a plot device personally. Like, I think he had oh, no yeah. idea what how to end end the conversation. He had no idea what to do afterwards. So he's like, uh, <laughs> get lunch or something. Because he forgot too. Like the scene, he's walking with his friend. And he's like, oh crap. Yeah. I have to go to this date. And even they make a comment about, oh, you decided to show up. So yeah, lunch dates are awkward. But this one was Kelly. More so. Did you have a lunch date in high school that we are unfamiliar? Def- <laughs> Definitely lunch date for my school was certainly a thing, and it was always. Um... A big deal to talk to your little lunch group that you eat with every day and you're like i'm gonna be eating with a different with a guy today and i'll see you guys <laughs> tomorrow and then getting over there and i don't know it was definitely a thing and it's definitely all butterfly inducing and then i like how they have her friend from french club show up like um you have somewhere else to be as part of it being that our uh, that sutter is like known as kind of like the prankster jokester possibly no future kid of the school and they're like no we got to protect you come with us i thought that was well done and yeah lunch dates are realistic if you ask me Fair enough. you must have went to a bigger school because i went to a tiny little farm town we did it, not it was not a thing huge school yeah <laughs> okay no yeah that was a very good awkward teen scene uh even though it was played again by two adults but her friend looked like <laughs> it in high school just like uh just like uh miles turner uh, sutter's friend uh he looked like he was still in high school and he was yeah yeah he looked exactly like me except i didn't have my ears pierced even though i wanted my ears pierced so that's probably <laughs> like an accurate representation of blaze ryan but yeah that was uh that was a really thought-provoking scene in the fact that you know we were all like weird high school kids at one point like i don't care how if you're the class clown if you're the quiet manga girl Talking to someone for the first time as in a like uh, hard eyes, you know, perspective. It was uh, it's always it was always tough. It's still kind of tough today. So um, yeah, I thought they executed it very well in their acting. So I think Sutter's whole character, the whole thing he's struggling with the whole movie is like he wants to stay in high school. He is avoiding responsibilities at any at all costs because he knows when he gets out of high school. He's going to have way more responsibilities. Like, he straight up says, I don't want to be an adult, you know? Uh, Like, what's so good about being an adult? And, you know, obviously that plays in with his addiction, you know, because when you're in high school... I mean, it's it's hard to probably be a drunk in high school, but, like, like, I, I would say that... He tried. Yeah, he tried. And, yeah, the whole movie was, you know, that scene with his dad, he saw a glimpse of himself in the future and his dad was the ultimate example of avoiding your responsibilities because he abandoned his his children i think the end lesson was like when he uh 
crashes into his uh, mailbox. By the way, that town is the worst police force on the planet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I drive trucks. See, that really that really offended me. Like, crashing into a mailbox, oh. that's not... Was that triggering? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, man. I mean, me. listen, I wish I could meet my future wife, you know, falling asleep on the side of the road. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Can we unpack that? Yeah, yeah. yeah we can. Oh, yeah. How? Yes. I've fallen asleep on like picnic tables and stuff, like completely intoxicated, but it was at my campsite. Like to not only end up in a random yard, but also be like presumably miles away from my vehicle. Like, yeah. how did he get there? Just why in general? It's honestly like pretty as far as meat cukes go, like that scary. was pretty bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. I uh but, I had a I had a buddy that did a, a similar situation where he uh walking between my apartment and his apartment was about like half a mile uh while we were in college and uh he just halfway through decided not gonna make it pretty tired and he just slept on the side of the road there's like a big ditch or not like it was like the opposite of a ditch it was like a berm and he just slept on the other side of the berm facing this very nice sushi restaurant wow. he just woke up at like 9 10 a.m and there's just like people like parking going into like the <laughs> the strip ball and everything and he just woke up and was like you know what i'm gonna keep going to the rest of the way to my apartment no one did anything he just existed for you know 10 12 hours on the ground but yeah pretty pretty funny um, I am mad that they did not find his car, or they didn't show us finding his car, but Kelly, go ahead. <laughs> uh, we were kind of talking about how him looking in, or meeting his father was him looking into what the future for him is of avoiding responsibilities, and I wanted to say that a big part of the writing that I really liked was the first time I, we find out why the movie's called what it is, is him talking to his ex-girlfriend of saying, I just want to be in the now, I want to live in the moment, and she... She's like, I want more than a moment. Wonderful writing for all of that. And then mm-hmm. the next time we hear that is his dad saying the same thing. And you think yeah. this like presence of mind is such a good way to go through life. And he seems like a happy, jovial guy. The kid does. And then you see where that gets you. Mm-hmm. If you have no planning for the future now moments. And it was just a really uh, good good work for the writers there. Yeah, I thought the, uh, the casting for his dad was very well. I thought, you know, getting that... Um, Kyle Chandler, he's yeah, great. Getting yeah. him to do it was awesome. Huge he's he's a phenomenal actor, and like they're um that like uh, I thought they did a very good job with the relationship of his uh, Sutter's mom and how they handled like mm-hmm. his dad and how she almost protected him by saying that she kicked him out and all this stuff and but mm-hmm. did give some truce with him cheating and stuff but in the reality he he just abandoned his family and his children and stuff and I thought that was a, a pretty pretty cool writing style and take go ahead kevin we keep talking about the writing and one thing we haven't mentioned on is that this is a movie that's based off of a novel mm. it's the 2008 oh. book by tim oh, tharp tim. and i feel like that makes a lot of sense when you're looking now kind of at those characters and how there's just a lot of emotion and it gives the the producers a lot to work with when you have a full-out script that is a successful book that's been well reviewed and people really enjoyed it and that's why you know partially why it became a movie um and I just thought that was really interesting, too, because you kind of feel that as you're watching it. So I did my research ahead of time, just kind of I didn't know anything about the movie. So I, you know, did the wiki and all that and realized that it was. And as I'm watching it, it did kind of feel novel-esque in that, like a little bit more flushed out in some of the characters and just feeling that that reaction to some of those 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 themes. So just wanted to add that in there. Yeah, so the writers here, they also wrote uh, 500 Days of Summer. Uh... Um, and then 
And uh, the Fault in Our Stars. And the Fault in Our Stars. Oh. And also, yeah, Paper Towns, yep. which is another John Green uh, book. And eventually, The Disaster Artist, which is another A24 film. And it's Scott New Newstatter and Michael Weber. Those are the writers. Yeah. I really wish that the I wish that the film had more than two point six million dollars to to film and ninety six minutes because mm -hmm. the writing was so good and it makes sense that it was based off of a novel, especially when it comes to the character growth in the the movie. Like you really see Cassidy. Like a lot of that growth really takes place off camera. Um, she's like really not present in the film in like a really significant way. Like she they pick the moments. And every time you see, like, there's a lot of growth that's happened with her, and she's really got it all together. And then same with Miles Teller's character. I think he, I think he's trying. I don't know if he's using the relationship to like prove to himself that he can grow. Uh, but I think there's like a lot of internal conflict. And then I think with Amy, we really see the reverse. Like, it's mm -hmm. from the girl that doesn't want even to accept a beer at the party, and he's just like, "Well, have it." So people are under the impression that you're having fun. To the end where she's just like low-key sneaking shots of booze at graduation and yeah. i think like there's a really interesting like steady growth like and then upward growth and then downward growth that are really like intersecting with the three major characters it, yeah and, and with that do you think that miles or sutter made the right choice to essentially like abandon amy because he was you know such a negative impact per se, in terms of, like, the drinking and exposing her to new things that may not be, you know, what she, uh, I guess, her upbringing or what her family would want. Does anyone have opinions about that, Kevin? I do. I think the scene at the bar afterwards as he's getting absolutely loaded with the bum and they're just talking about how he's a goddamn oh, yeah. hero. And <laughs> he's he's, he truly is, he's a king. I, I really think he believed that. Like, in his brain, he really feels like... He was, he's such in a bad spot mm -hmm. mentally, right? Mm -hmm. Self-deprecating. He just doesn't have any faith in his ability to, to do anything. He just hates himself. He talks about how the biggest challenge in his life is his own problems with his own self-esteem and his own problems with that. So he really does feel like he's saving her, that he's letting her be free. Um, and I think that's honestly why he picked up the relationship to begin with, right? He finds out about the paper route and his mom, her mom abusing Amy and that's where the whole thing comes from. But yeah, to answer the story, I do think that uh, he feels that he he did the right thing, letting Amy go off to Philly well, without you, him. I think I've yeah. always thought I've always hated people when they break up with somebody. They're like, it's not you, it's me, and that's basically like kind of what he's doing. Like I'm saving you. It's just like how self-important are you to think that really? You know, it's just like I, he's very much a person that thinks they're always the main character in their own story in life. You know, but. That, I mean, it's, I think that's a character study there, though, well, to study that character. To piggyback off that, it's kind of a, a cool contrast to, uh, to, like, at the beginning of the film, he thought he was too good for her. And then by the end, he thought he wasn't good enough for her. So, you mm -hmm. know, when you look at these uh, character changes, as Luke said, you know, the budget was only like $3 million, and they blew it all on party scenes, because I had never went to a high school party in the day next to a waterfall, which really pisses me no, off right now. Yeah. Right? That was crazy. So lit. That was... And also, he was... He was meeting his dad at 3 o'clock on a Friday, and it took three hours to drive there, and, you know, he's still in high school, so... That, yeah. that was kind of interesting, but I it's it's I didn't break I, the movie, I, but the high uh, school, there a few uh, inaccuracies. I there. think the high school part is just kind of like a backdrop of you know like we're here we're at that yeah. changing point in your life you know because high school really yeah. didn't matter. That's fair. Even the teacher character yeah. who was actually acted really well. I don't know who was he was played by, 
but even like when he's like, "What's the point of being an adult?" And I didn't have an answer. You know, I think that was the catalyst of him like going down this uh, spiral uh, that he went through from meeting his dad. Whatever happened at the end, we could talk about that. But, um... So that was he was played by Andre Royo, who uh, was he played Bubbles in The Wire, which is one of my favorite oh, TV that, shows. Oh of my all god! Time. Yeah, he, okay, he's a great yeah, actor. okay, yeah, okay, okay. No, he did really good. He did a really good job, and he—I don't think it's his his role was undervalued. I think much like Bob Odenkirk's. Speaking of like uh, with the with the budget and stuff, this this whole movie was only filmed in twenty five days, which kind of blew my whole mind that they were wow. able to accomplish like this this film in such a short period of time in such a small budget, which I guess uh, lends its hand to the ninety minute burn time, which as Luke said, is a shame because they definitely had a lot of things that they could flush out. Uh, but I, uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Uh, one scene that like really caught me off guard, and it, it uh, like I am a fan of horror movies and stuff, and I usually don't get like uh, jumpy. But when when, when Amy just got smoked by that car, that like <laughs> I like mm-hmm. had like a. I jumped back and I was just like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, for I'm sure. Not, yeah. I had no idea that was going to happen. for all of us okay, here. I'm yeah. glad I'm not the only Because, yeah, like that scene where they're, you know, they're driving back and they almost get into a car accident, which he seems, I mean, he's a, basically a drunk driver all the time. So I, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten to an accident yet. But that whole scene where he's yelling at her, I thought was very well done. And then just like, bam, just <laughs> takes her oh, he- out. He's gotten into plenty yeah. of accidents. No one cares. That's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably true. Yeah. Well, and that's like a thing throughout this whole movie is he's like, a, you know, an alcoholic. He's obviously a struggling kid, but he never has, he never gets, um, there's no repercussions for any of his actions, it seems like. It's all self-inflicted at, at the worst. Like, at the best, mm. no one cares, which I thought was... Equally, I guess, good, but also kind of bad, because I was just, like, the whole time, just, like, waiting for him to get a wake-up call with his alcoholism, but go ahead, Blaze. Yeah, so I, I think one of my favorite parts about this movie is, Kevin would get this, the face-heel turns of uh, characters within this movie, because Sutter and Brie Larson's character, you know, when they first break up, you feel bad for him, because, you know, he was just in the car with some girl. And it turns out that he's been dragging her life down for however months they've been going out, mm-hmm. you know. So he kind of turns into the bad guy. And then his mom was the bad guy because, you know, yeah, the dad cheated on her, but, you know, not even letting you see your kids. And, oh, guess what? He's the bad guy, <laughs> you know. You know, I think a lot of, like, these uh, flips, like, are really, like, important to the film because, like I said, like, we're, compared to other movies that we've watched, character growth is not a thing. But no, I, I, I like how everyone's, uh, your view on certain characters changed throughout the movie. His sister, she was the stuck-up bitch, and then she, like, ended up, like, giving, <laughs> giving the uh, number to the dad of the dad's uh, phone number. And the dad was supposed to be the hero, and all this and that, and it was really f- a, an enjoyable watch because, you know, your perspective on someone in, in minute 25 changed by an hour and 25. And then it it's, goes all the way to the end when uh, Shailene Woodley's character looks at him like he's Aaron Rodgers who just got kicked out of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, man. Too soon. Eric? And, yeah, so I, I think this is a common theme with um, addicts is that when you, ha- you have no aspirations and you keep telling yourself you're a fuck-up and 
you never set the bar higher for yourself. And so it's just like a self-repeating cycle where you are constantly letting people down and fucking up because you're telling yourself that that's how you are and how you'll never be better. Actually, I think that's a really good point because we were talking about, you know, the decision that Sutter makes to sort of push Amy away. And like, I think we can all agree that that was the right decision, but I really questioned his motives. I don't think it was like this altruistic, like, you know, you're going to be better off without me. It's like, this is the path of least resistance for me. And I just really want to continue like wallowing in my alcoholism. And this is the way that's going to get me there instead of actually getting my life together. That's a good point too, because at the beginning he said, oh, I'm not, I don't like her. I just want to help her out. You know, like, you know, getting to acclimated into uh, the high school society. So like, he like has this fake altruistic stance, but like, like you said, he's kind of, uh, you know, wallowing in his own. He wants to live in his personal now bubble. His spectacular now bubble. Um, I think the for me, the whole scene of the whole movie, the one that really got me the most was the, the scene after the bus stop where he goes home to his mom and he's just, you know, breaking down and talking about how he's going to be just like his dad. And he's just completely at rock bottom. And his mom reminds him of all the great things about himself. And, you know, the emotional trip that that scene was 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 really really something for me so yeah he he absolutely his motives for leaving her at the bus stop were completely selfish 100 percent. but i think at that very moment we see a change in the character i think at that point he realizes something more about himself that the words of his mom ring completely true that his entire life he's been nothing but a caring person who cares about his family his people and his lives and everyone else that he meets and i just think from there we kind of maybe see a change in the character um i found we were talking about his drinking and his alcoholism i found that it would be interesting uh for every viewer of the movie it goes from at first because he's writing his papers he's got a drink on his desk and it's just a quirky part of his personality and he's a party guy and then i think for every viewer depending on how much that has touched their life they see it as oh this is actually like a serious thing for this guy and you kind of get the foreshadowing of what his father is going to be when you meet him and all without ever saying the word or anything too. And like I'm saying, like, I feel like for some people they realize that really quick in the movie and other people realize that maybe a little bit later. I think that's really well done. I love uh, how and where they ended the movie. You know, it's obviously heavily insinuated that Amy didn't take him back. I I think that you have to get sober for yourself. You can't get sober for other people. It's like you have to tell yourself that you are worth getting sober for, you know? And I think that that ending um, says that. Um, Yeah. So, like, to kind of piggyback off that, I think this was a really good film about, like, uh, alcoholism in general. Because I think, again, I watched this movie with my girlfriend, and we were, you know, having a couple beers at the time. And you see Sutter, you know, like... Everything, he throws that flask into his drink, like, every single time. And you don't really notice it until, you know, the film makes it painfully obvious that you need to notice it. And so I think it's uh, it's really cool because it's like, I'm not that bad because I'm not this person. That's what I was, like, telling my girlfriend. But it's like, how bad is not that bad until it gets too bad? So I think it's a really cool uh, dichotomy about, like, where you're supposed to look at yourself as, you know, you could be completely sober, have a cute couple drinks uh, a week, or you could be drinking every day. And it's kind of like a 
comparative uh, contrastation of, you know, Miles Teller character, uh, Sutter. So I think that was uh, very cool how they, like, slowly let it bleed into the film. Because at first it was Mm -hmm. just kind of like uh, you guys were saying. It it was a funny quirk. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. it became, you know, he's talking to Bob Odenkork about the, uh, you know, he can only keep one employee. He wants it to be Sutter. Sutter's like, you know what? I am definitely going to drink every day. And there's nothing you're going to do that's going to stop me. And I just thought that was extremely profound as uh, as an addiction. Like, when you look at addiction, you see people who uh, just don't care about tomorrow. And I think, again, I'm going to go on my weird, strange monologue. <laughs> you know, I think the spectacular now is that alcoholics live in, there's always tomorrow to get better you know tonight just tonight i need to get drunk and then tomorrow i'm gonna wake up and i'm gonna do that uh you know tybo class i'm gonna you know go to college i'm gonna do this this and this but tomorrow never happens when you constantly live in the now and that's what miles teller learns because at the end of the movie you see uh shailene woodley's face and it's almost borderline disgust you only get to see it for like three seconds but it's like the fact that you even showed up here the fact that you, uh, you know, got, you know, the pat on the back from your mother. I think it means that, you know, he's going to go back and revert and become his dad because he's not going to learn his lesson. He's going to take this as a huge L and he's going to be a townie. He's going to be a townie for life. Just a strange, just long comment on the film. Uh, I love the ending and I also hated it. So... Uh, I like the point you made about uh, where he was in Bob Odenkirk's shop. And I think for me, that's like that. My, I don't know if that's rock bottom, but I think that's that point of realization. It's like the, the thing with addicts is like it's it's never a problem. It's never an issue until like you actually acknowledge that it's an issue. And like in that moment, I think we finally see that level of vulnerability that, you know, lays him on the path to showing up at, at uh, Amy's college, which I also assume uh, goes historically terrible, and he probably comes back to town and re-embraces alcoholism. But I think it's just like a nice moment of growth, so that we see that he's completely like not a lost cause. Yeah. I uh, I enjoyed in the movie like with the whole alcoholism and how they bring it slowly more and more to the surface. Of throughout the whole film, you almost always see Sutter with like the thirty-two ounce soda from like Seven Eleven or whatever, and he's always mm-hmm. topping it off. Which is like a very um, like alcoholic thing to do. Uh, you, you see people with those water bottles and stuff, and if they're an alcoholic, chances are there's probably something in it. If you're uh, familiar with people who are like that, but uh, one interesting thing that was about that whole uh, him with the soda and stuff is the original script of this movie had uh, was a part of his story arc was he was supposed to slowly develop diabetes due to his drinking so much soda with the alcoholism uh. <laughs> which was like which i don't know how, Man. a bit of a stretch i'm glad they cut it out because that would kind of take away from the whole oh. alcoholism and all that other stuff but i thought that was a funny thing that they originally wanted him to get <laughs> diabetes oh don't consume so sugar much. that's what it's that okay <laughs> but uh i thought the heavy wow. him having the big sodas the whole time was a very uh like a good way because it is it is something that alcoholics definitely do to hide hide their addiction and stuff throughout normal day and normal life. Um, and and with the ending, like with it being open ended, I know some of you guys have given your takes on if they get back together or not. 
the actors themselves, Amy and uh, Sutter, Miles Teller and Woodley, actually uh, are are conflicted on how they think it ends. Miles Teller thinks that they go and have lunch, you know, have their nice their lunch you know, date. rekindling of lunch date, uh, and then they go their separate way, and he goes back, basically, you know, probably being an alcoholic or living on his life. While Woodley thinks that they actually do, she forgives him, and they do get back together. Uh, most of you guys seem to think that they don't. Does anyone think that they will get back together? Or Kevin? Ooh. So, yeah, so my immediate reaction as the movie ended, as the skein went to black, I went, ooh, I love that movie, Happily Ever After. That was <laughs> really? my initial guttural reaction from, yeah, it really was, honest to God. But then I start doing my, you know, summaries and looking at other people's opinions, and then I start, I watch it again. I go back on my phone and I watch it the second time, and I go, nope, just kidding. And I watch her face again, and I really, in my opinion, changes on mm -hmm. it. And then I go look at some more reviews, and the book ending is a lot more visceral, cut off than the movie is. Now, the movie oh, actually sugarcoats man. it a lot more than what the book does. The book's like a, a a ending where so much to the point where a lot of the people who read the book said, I hated the ending because the author just left it completely as a cliffhanger. And I think that's kind of what we were supposed to feel at the end of the movie, uh, where we didn't necessarily get that. But it's definitely left up to the well, viewer's discretion and how they want to apply that. And I just thought that was brilliant. And I really love the ending for that reason. And I'm going to stick by my reaction that they figure it out. They get that horse ranch. <laughs> yeah, they get that horse ranch. Right, perfect marriage. Okay, so I think uh, the uh, antithesis Kevin's point is, uh, well, not the antithesis, but um, how I viewed the movie is, so her getting getting hit by a car to uh, the bus station, she had a sling in her arm. And when he finally showed up to Philly, her arm was completely healed. So in my thoughts was that like it was months before he actually came up there and like you know like so when you look at the uh the uh self-narration of you know him like realizing you know everything you know doesn't have to be today i think that it took like four to six months at least because that's why she looks so shocked so the thing is like shailene woodley had already been accumulated into college she'd already been living by herself she lives in her sister's loft or whatever the same apartment building she's already started her own life so he shows up at her college that is just the biggest red flag of all time and he probably got shot down immediately I think that's a I think that's a really solid point, and I think it's I think it's funny. Uh, I like what you said about how Shailene Woodley in real life thinks that they ended up together, and Miles Teller's like, "Nah, dog, like that. That's probably not going to happen because that's super emblematic of their characters, yeah. right? Like, once the the almost accident, she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, it's her fault." And then yeah. she does get bodied by the car and is in the hospital and is like asking Sutter, like, "Oh, like it's okay. We'll just pretend." It never happens. Um, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, there's obviously no communication ahead of time to where he shows up to college. And for me, like, that ends in a restraining order. 100%. <laughs> so I, I I don't think they ended up uh, back together. I think, you know, Sutter's character very much peaked in high school. And I bet you Amy went to college and she just probably had many, you know, people that probably wanted to date her. And you could just tell in her eyes they didn't end up back together. I, um... I do think that Sutter choosing to leave his town, though, and uh, go all the way to Philadelphia, that that's a huge step for him because he 
seemed like he, you know, would just be a local townie. I, I think that him leaving his town actually insinuates that he is trying to change things, you know. Um, the only thing is, I kind of wish they ended the film with him walking back down the steps and getting hit by a car. <laughs> Kevin, go ahead. Just and then no Final way. Destination 6 just started playing. Or diabetes, yeah, either or way. Diabetes. Right. Yeah, that yeah. It's a happy yeah. ending, not in that they become a couple again, but in that she moved on, did what she's going to do, he did the same. And as we've seen with uh, his other ex-girlfriend, he knows how to end things amicably and not turn into a total freak. And I think it's another case where a girl's going to say, you will also be my favorite ex-boyfriend. I love that line, too. That's Oh, that was so right. cringe. Was I, so I also cringe. wrote that down. That was a great line. I loved it. I thought it was awesome because it made him think about the fact that he hasn't done anything significant outside of being mm-hmm. the funny guy. Uh, there was that line when the football player came and asked him for advice when he was mm-hmm. working, and he basically turns around and he's like, hey, you know, you're not the joke that everyone seems to think you are. And he kind of had to stop and pause and think about that moment and kind of realize that whole thing. So I, I thought that was a, a brilliant but way to also, go But also, I think sure. he was also still in love with Brie Larson, and he kind of said, you know, live in the now. He kind of made that point as an underhanded comment so that maybe she doesn't want to go out with him anymore. I think... Oh, man, I, I have a lot of problems with Sutter as a character, and I think it gets drizzled over by how terrible his dad is. I think that we need to realize that she does not become the full character that she is without Sutter at all, right? Yep. She stays in her hometown. She takes care of her mom. She does her newspaper route if yep. he does not come into mm-hmm. life. So we go back to that sure. original question we talked about, whether or not he feels like he's the hero or doing something good. I mean, he is the hero. He honestly develops and allows her to become this person that she is. And for better or for worse, how we feel about the character or not, that's the reality of what he does in this movie. And it's, He's an anti-hero you know, it's in the classical so. sense, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. He's flawed, yeah. but I, you know, he has good parts to him. Also, Absolutely. the uh, the backhanded comment of "you're not the joke everyone thought you were" this is like the ultimate. <laughs> I love that line so, oh, so I, much. That's probably. Hey, I, yeah. I do have a quick question. Did he actually graduate? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I was. That was another one too. We all discussed like oh, the diploma yeah. wasn't in there, but then we all discussed that they mail you yeah, the diploma they, they, they later. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Cassidy congratulated down, though, him so, on graduating that, too. Yeah. Why did they do it this way? Why did they say, "Hey, if you don't get a C in this"? test if you don't do anything you're gonna fail high school in the next scene he's <laughs> that's why what was the intent on that like yeah, it, it didn't like, make oh, any sense to me together, at all. but it wasn't worth showing you would he no. have yeah. walked too if he didn't graduate like you can walk without graduating you can apply for graduation and okay that's why i'm saying there was nothing in the yeah, uh, just... the sleeve that's um i i, I don't that, think he graduated to you later i don't think he graduated though no, remember, oh, he also says he doesn't want to drink. He doesn't want to drink. And if he wanted to drink, he would have been the same. But because he says he doesn't want to drink, I think there was some progression yeah. that allowed and us the for the characters. Come up to well, no, that's congrats, and we did it. Yeah, like she yeah, was drinking and he can... wasn't. Like, that's that's a change. That's the first time in the whole movie he said no to a be- beverage. But he that's immediately reverted back when they went to the tr- the bus station and he decided to stay and drink. So, no, that's that does. Well, it's him relapsing and then. Uh, well, yeah. yeah going, I don't think he actually uh, graduated in Philadelphia. I, I, I don't but... think they would cast. They would have not have made that point of that angle to show nothing in there if they didn't mean for him uh, to graduate. And why do you think he didn't? Would cast? And why wouldn't he invite at least his sister? Right? He so he said, "Oh, I told my family that the graduation was next week." Because maybe self-deprecation. He doesn't. Maybe know, they already himself. know he didn't graduate. So, I don't think he graduated. Thing. 
Luke, I think he did. Would Cassie have congratulated him? Like, I feel like of all the characters, Cassie we is going to consistently be the one that yeah. knows him the best. And also, like, I think I think they just ran out of money and didn't film the growth between, like, taking the test <laughs> and graduating. Like, I feel like they wanted oh, to add it in so, and were like, oh, shoot, I can say 25, we don't have money. Cassie, Cassidy is yep. a, a notorious not reliable person because she well, okay she assumed that he cheated on her when he was just sitting in a car with someone so she could okay. just assume oh yeah because he was totally innocent in that he totally well, he didn't cheat on her no, no. blaze the ending of here yeah, i looked i'm looking i looked it up the, the ending of the book movie is that miles teller lies to amy saying that he went to summer or had to stay back to go to summer school so he lies that he had to go to summer school, implying that he did graduate in the book. All right, I don't know. Oh, it just seems. Yeah. I don't know if that makes me feel any better. <laughs> yeah, right. It was it just. Okay. No, that's why people like, think like, someone who's like, really uh, into cinematography. Right. I don't think you would exclusively put that angle of a empty graduation book just to. Uh... Okay. The the uh, in the book he goes to summer school and uh, he finishes oh. school there. So okay, in the book he does not graduate right then but he goes to summer school graduates he earns money for his apartment apparently uh for the apartment in philadelphia and then goes up there uh eventually to say hey I, you know i'm ready oh to do God. this now that's what the book is uh, but then you know she anyway all right so Anyways. well <laughs> <laughs> anywho we'll get to uh let's do uh let's do our uh our, our ratings our a24 ratings a to a to f 24 plus or minus uh who would like to start the bidding war of ratings for this film uh, i think i'm gonna give this a b minus 24 i i think that the film like b minus 24 because it starts out kind of like like I was saying, kind of this buddy-buddy high school movie. And then I do like how it kind of slowly, like, touches on these deeper, deeper themes. I wish they had a bigger budget, though, because there were certain things I did feel like they were cut off, you know, from the movie, where they could have dove deeper and answered some of these questions that we're asking. And I, I don't, like, I think that this movie deserved a little more budget to explore all these things. And I, I still think the acting was great. I think the writing was great. Uh, I just think that I wasn't given everything that I needed to fully enjoy this movie. But I, I'd still give it a B-24 B because I still thoroughly en enjoyed most okay. of it. Uh, we'll go to your better half, Luke. <laughs> I like that. I, uh, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I think so. I'm going to grade it in... In with like comparison to A24's like filmography, because mm -hmm. I think A24 is definitely uh, a bit better than a lot of the other studios out there. So for that reason, I think uh, you know since Sutter needed to get a C on the final, I think he got a C plus, and that is also my grade, a C plus <laughs> 24. Good, good. All right, we'll go to Kelly next. <laughs> um, it's not a movie where like I care so much about what it's even about. Not my typical kind of movie, but I take that and I remove it. And I think the writing, the acting, the story itself and how deep that it does get, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think it would be a movie that I would recommend people see. So, B24. B, a solid B. I a solid B. Hot. Is that that might be our highest rate? That's a record here, folks. Kevin and I gave Ginger and Rosa B twenty four. Okay, so. well, there we go. Kevin, yeah. what's, what, what do you got? 
Very similar uh, to Kelly over there. Um, I found this film very enjoyable from start to finish. Um, although I will say, after watching the trailer and kind of getting my mind set to watching it, I feared that it was going to fall into the cliche of the teen drama of boy meets girl, girl is nerd, boy needs to save cliched girl, and all of the things that we've seen probably a hundred different times in cinema. But as the movie progressed, I really did enjoy that it was more a commentary on the demons of addiction, of the problems that people face being trapped in their hometown and personal lives. Uh, it commentated on relationships with missing parents. It commentated on the social aspect of being in high school. And I thought that the acting, the writing, the entirety of the whole film was, was very excellently, you know, was put together well. Uh, I thought there was themes throughout the whole thing that I could attach myself to, um, especially as someone who was very unfamiliar with the content going into it um, and continue to be unfamiliar with A24 as a whole. Uh, I still enjoyed the film um, and would give it a very solid B24. Well said, as well. much better said than me, but I agree with every word. Please. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, you know what? Uh, this film surprised me. The first half hour, 45 minutes of this film. I was like, oh God, it's a romantic comedy where he's going to look like the bad guy the entire <laughs> film. And then Shane Lee Woodley's going to take off her glasses. He's going to be like, oh my God, she's beautiful. You know, like, <laughs> like I really thought this whole movie was leading to prom. I, I didn't think prom would be just a beat in the movie. Mm. Um, I thought the writing was amazing. And I think once they got into, like uh, Kevin and Kelly said, once they got into the actual like themes of the movie, you go back and you look at the beginning of the film and you're like, wow, the progression was, you know, it was in line with how, like, real people act. And I really love the uh, the character development. Like I said, Brie Larson's character looked like the bad guy in the beginning. And by the end, you're like, oh my god, thank god she got out of that relationship. Shailene Woodley, you know, she was like kind of the... Uh, the take it down person. Innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the oh, innocent yeah. person. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my god, well, Miles Teller, he's he's actually like kind of a victim too. So everyone like kind of progresses. And it's really nice to like watch a movie at the opening credits, and by the end credits, everyone changed. So my initial thought was B plus twenty-four. But then I throw in the Bob Odenkart card. And I'm throwing it down. A minus 24. Let's go. Wow. Whoa. Okay. And this okay. is someone who loves A24. So just like Luke said, I've, yeah. I've graded it on the A24 scale. Wow. Fair um, so I uh, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, the things that I kind of like didn't like was it did. If you told me if you just showed me this movie, I would have not thought it was an A24 film. It didn't like fit. Like the feeling or the vibe of like the A24 films that I truly like love and enjoy. However, it's a phenomenal film. It definitely dives deep into like the addiction and and does like a very well job, a very good job of you know showing the dichotomy of all of those things. Plus, you know Shane Woodley may or may not be Aaron Rodgers, you know soulmate. <laughs> Who knows? Miles Teller and him and Shane Woodley they all did a fantastic vacation to Hawaii. And I love Eric Rogers. I just want him to be a happy man. And he seems to enjoy both of these people. You so that's really going to bump up the scale Rogers for me. Hidden in a closet while Shailene and Miles got it on. That's me. Well, Miles has a wife, so I really appreciate you to respect her. But 
Um, <laughs> all right, guys, this isn't a football podcast. Hey. We're going to scare away all the film I, uh, I really enjoyed this film, but it did not hit that A24 itch. Uh, I do not know what I remember what I gave Rosa or Ginger and Rosa, but I would give it a notch below that. So I'm going to say a C plus. I think I gave Ginger and Rosa a B or B minus. I'm going to give it a C plus. Really enjoyed the film, uh, but there was definitely some... Uh, some things that I, I wish were there and wish they were more fleshed out. Also, that, for that some reason, the feet, right, Cole? Yes, there was no feet. What the? There was like no I sexual, like weird sexual things going on in this movie. Every other movie, there was like <laughs> people with all their like really? I, feet and all that stuff, but nothing I, on this one. I thought I got nothing to talk about. <laughs> I do. I do no. have a question though. Um, if do you think if they had more of a budget, you know, they made a very uh, a point of making that sex scene awkward and intimate. Do you think if they had more of a budget, they might have added some, like, ball-slapping noises or something? <laughs> Honest question. How much does that cost? I mean... <laughs>